You're listening to audio from the Mariner Campus of CA Church, located in Coquitlam, British Columbia. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You're a friendly group this morning. I have to rudely interrupt your conversations. But we got stuff to do. We got stuff to say, all right? So, uh, wow, it's, uh, it's so good to be back. Um, my name is Chris Thronis, and uh, man, it's just, uh, but you know what, honestly, I was just sitting there thinking about all this moment, and I think my, well, there's a few goals that I have, but my main goal is not to ugly cry uh, up here, uh, and there's a difference between, like, like sophisticated crying and ugly crying, and because you got snot dripping from, you know, your nose, so that's my goal, uh, is to not go there, but uh, it's just a privilege to be here uh, with you this morning. Um, I'll invite you to grab your Bibles. Go to James chapter 3. We're going to be just camping there for the next hour and a half or so as we um, <laughs> continue. No, I just got a few thoughts uh, in James chapter 3. So if, if some of you may not know me. Uh, there's been a, like a pandemic that's happened since uh, I left here, but uh, lots of change. Uh, yeah, my name is Chris, and uh, I served on staff here for eight or nine years uh, in different capacities. Uh, and uh, five years ago, uh, five years ago, uh, we left to, uh, to Kamloops, and uh, I'm the lead pastor at Kamloops Alliance Church, and uh, in such a great uh, season of ministry. So I was just so privileged that Sam would ask me to come and, and share some words with you. We knew that when we moved from Coquitlam to Kamloops that it would shape us. Uh, It would be a very, very, very formative moment in the life of our family because we know that the places that we come from shape who we are. You become a different person if you grow up in New York City than you do in Flin Flon, Manitoba. You become a different person in Kamloops than you do in Coquitlam. Because we know that the places that we come from shape and form so much of who we are. In James chapter 3, what James is talking about is, what city do you belong to? Where do you abide? Do you abide in the city of worldly wisdom that leads to certain outcomes? Or do you abide in the city of godly wisdom that leads to other outcomes? From which city do you belong? That's what James is asking in James chapter 3. And so with that framework, I'd invite you to stand with me as we read the scriptures together, James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I had to ask Diane uh, just before this, do people still stand here when you read the Bible? And she said, yes. And I said, woo, that's, uh, that's relieving. I'm glad to hear uh, that that has not changed. Uh, James chapter 3, 17 and 18. It's the word of the Lord for us this morning. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So Jesus, uh, as you have been doing, we pray that you will do it again in our midst to make these ancient words come alive to our modern ears. That we would fall more in love with you, Jesus, and we would honor and celebrate Mark and Diane. In your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. You may have a seat. It's Christmas time, and so my kids are in that mode, that season of uh, getting their Christmas lists put together. Uh, so on the internet or the flyers that come in the mail, uh, they're writing about like the 300 things that they want, and not, they're not going to get them, but they're writing the 300 things that they want. And what James does here is he outlines kind of the catalog of grace, the catalog of outcomes that come from 
or that happen when you abide in the city of godly wisdom. And so as you look at this list of peace-loving and considerate, submissive, full of mercy, there's not one person in this room that doesn't want that. Give me that life. I want that life. How do you get that type of life? Not, and so every single person in this room wants that type of life. And let me just tell you, every single leader, every single leader in this room, as you re- read that list, wants this type of life. And so what I want to do is I want to take a look at a legacy, the life, leadership, and legacy of Mark and Diane. And I'll point you to Jesus throughout the way. But this is the, I believe, the catalog of outcomes that have come from Mark and Diane as they have loved and led this church for 21 years and in our family of churches for over four decades. So it's so funny that I get to be here. Uh, Mark and Diane have impacted my life so incredibly much that actually at the community that I'm in now, it's actually been an issue of how many times I reference Mark, Diane, or CA Church that I've had to couch it in different ways. My mentor or my former church. Like I'm trying to figure out the different ways I can reference this community and their leadership for the impact in my life. And so it's just a privilege to walk through this catalog of grace. And here is what James says. He says, but the wisdom If you abide in this city of godly wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. James is concerned with pure faith. He's not concerned with pretense. He's not concerned with show. What James wants is that you and I would be people of pure faith, unblemished faith. A type of faith that you can't bring a charge against in a time where there's so much skepticism and hostility towards people, towards the church, towards leaders in the church, the greatest gift that Mark and Diane have given this church is the sense that it is pure. It's unblemished. Who can bring a charge against a church that sends out money, sends out people, is generous towards a community? Try to bring a charge against Mark and Diane and their leadership. This has been a pure uh, ministry full of integrity from start to finish that you can come into this space and this church and trust the leadership. It's a sacred gift that has been given to you. Bring a charge against Mark and Diane. You can't. What does this purity look like? As James continues, what does this purity look like? It is peace-loving, peace-loving. This is the idea of not just a lack of uh, or absence of conflict, but actually, in a positive sense, fleshes out the feeling of peace. It's when the cup is full to the brim. It's the sense of, this is exactly the way that things should be. Things are in harmony together. They are working properly together. In the city of godly wisdom, purity comes and then peace also comes. One of the things I can attest to being in this environment for eight years is that this is an environment where people flourish, where people are given the opportunity to think differently, to heal, to come in broken, lonely, and wounded, and to actually receive healing. My guess is you want to be a part of a church where you can sit there and think, you know what, this is exactly what the church should be doing. Like for those of you even who are new this weekend, This is the first time, like, what? Where did I come into? But you're sitting here thinking, wow, like, this is an interesting moment, but you, I hope, are thinking, this is exactly what the church should be doing honoring, sending, giving. This is the shalom. Everything is as it should be, and it's not perfect, but this is the environment that Mark and Diane have created. 
peace-loving. And then it's considerate. Considerate is the idea that there is a humility and a gentleness. Humility and a gentleness to the people who live and abide in the city of godly wisdom. What's going to come from that is a humility and a gentleness or a consideration of the other. It's a disadvantaging yourself for the advantaging of others. So uh, as I left here and went to Kamloops, one of the things uh, that I didn't know was that leadership is extremely different when you're a lead pastor. Mark would always tell me, when you're on this side of the table, you're going to feel this differently. And he was exactly right. So uh, I've called the last five years of my life the Leadership Olympics, all right? Uh, Because I I was thrust into events that I didn't even know existed, and I had no training, and the events just kept coming. A pandemic was one of them. How in the world do you lead through a pandemic? It was actually before the pandemic where I was given a situation in our church where somebody, a trusted leader in our church, hurt a whole bunch of people. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in way over my head. I had no executive pastor, so at the time, I was running women's ministry, (laughs) doing all of the executive pastoring work as well as being a lead pastor. There was a lot on my plate. It was one of those days, it's like, I came home trying to clean up the mess of the situation. I, I was so afraid. And so uh, Chris and I sat down and said, we need to call Mark and Diane. And it was in the middle of this mess, I reached out to Mark and, uh, and Diane, and I just wept. I was so afraid. And my guess is, so many people in this room can tell of a time when they were in that spot when life gave them something they never wanted or signed up for. And as you approach Mark and Diane, they were considered a humility and a gentleness. And Mark prayed and Diane prayed and listened to me at the point of my greatest need that they disadvantaged themselves for my advantage. And this is the outcome of living in the city of godly wisdom and the gift that they have given to you and this community. The other word that, that James continues is submissive, considerate submissive. This is the idea that somebody can take a step back so you can step in. You can take a step back so somebody else can step in. It's the idea that you are willing to yield to somebody else. So when I started here in 2010, I was the 15-hour-a-week junior high youth pastor, okay? Uh, I was, I think, the worst junior high youth pastor on the face of the earth because I came in and I started to talk about structures and organizational structure with all these junior high kids, and they're like, we just want to play games. Why are you here? So that's where I started uh, in this community, Uh, and it was in my first two weeks, my first two weeks here, where Mark said, um, why don't we do lunch? And I came from a healthy church, but a very different culture where the only time that I would talk to the lead pastor was when I was in trouble. And so two weeks in, I thought, oh my goodness, did I park in his parking spot? Like what? What did I do wrong? And it was actually in that lunch where Mark said to me, hey, I'm interested in getting you into the preaching schedule. Junior high ministry is very, very important. But I was the lowest of the lowest on the totem pole here. And Mark approached me and said, I want to get you preaching. And so this is the stage where I learned, in another way, how to preach. And so we're like, yeah, we felt the pain. (laughs) 
But what Mark has done consistently is been able to step back so others can step in. It's a huge gift. James says, full of mercy and good fruit. This is the love of neighbor that shows itself in action. Full of love and full of mercy and good fruit. So many people in this room have been able to go on a short-term trip with Diane. And there you see Diane in her sweet spot. So I was able to go to Mexico with her one time. Uh, I'll spare you a lot of the details, but uh, when you go to Mexico, you eat different food and you drink, drink different water and stuff happens, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I'll spare you the details, but this was the sickness that was running through the whole team, okay, including Diane. And it was actually in the moment where I was just like, I just want to pack it in. Let's go home. I want to get comfy. I want to go back. That was the moment where actually Diane led and kept us on mission in the midst of feeling so uncomfortable. And this is, this is the idea that James is getting at, that there is a, a love of the other that shows itself in action. And Diane's impact in this church uh, has now actually seen global impact because of that heart, because that missional ability and desire to go out and to see other people in their greatest point of need and say, you know, we can help. We can bring life and lift to you in this moment, full of mercy and fruit. And then it says in verse six, or as the sixth thing, uh, full, uh, impartial, and sincere. This is the idea of being stable and trustworthy or whole. How do you live whole in a divided world? That's what James is continuing to talk about. How do you live whole in a divided world and in, in a leadership environment? Stable and trustworthy. It was in April of 2020. Uh, where the pandemic just hit. And I just thought, oh, wait, just a few more weeks. Just a few more weeks. Just a few, few more weeks, and this will all be over. In my season of Leadership Olympics, uh, as I was preparing for this on a plane back to uh, BC, I thought, I, I knew that I corresponded with Mark and Diane via email a few times since I've left to Kamloops. So I searched Mark, you know, Diane Francisco, Mark Francisco in my, in my email, and then email popped up April of 2020, where Diane emailed Krista and I, expressing her thought and her care for us as we led through an unprecedented event. So it was in the midst of chaos here, <laughs> too, where Diane reached out to us and said, I care for you, are on my heart, impartial and sincere, stable, and trustworthy. I remember one time coming back uh, from lunch with Mark, and I was walking into the building, and I thought, where did, where, where's, where's Mark, and where was Mark? He was actually in the parking lot picking up garbage. Like so, Some of the best moments in Mark and Diane's leadership you've never seen. Impartial and sincere. They love the church, and they love Jesus. So here's the catalog, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and fruit, impartial and sincere. We can all attest to those evidences of abiding in godly wisdom in Mark and Diane. That's why we're here. But they would want me to tell you this. They have evidenced that, but they've done it imperfectly. It's a life of leaders. It's a life of being a pastor. We know that we are the imperfect pastors. So as I read this list that James gives us, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, who does that sound like? It sounds a lot like Mark and Diane, but let me tell you this. It is Jesus Christ. 
It is Jesus Christ who is not, he doesn't just evidence that, he embodies those things. And what they would want you to know as they step away into a new season, do not forget him. CA Church, do not forget Jesus who is all of these things. Consider it full of mercy and fruit impartial. This, my friends, is Jesus Christ. Then finally, verse 18. It says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Righteousness in James is this idea of godly conduct. Godly conduct. Those people who live in this city, who evidence these outcomes, what will happen is, is that there's going to be fruit that comes from their leadership, from their lives. And this is seen in Mark and Diane. One of the phrases that I say to our team all the time is, as we look at, you know, all of the challenges of life and leadership in a secular world and all of the pressing matters and all of the different things, I always say to our team, you know, all we need is a miracle. All we need is a miracle. You know who I got that from? Mark. All we need is a miracle. The harvest of righteousness, of fruit from their faith is all around us. The harvest of righteousness is seen in the resources. One of the dreams, one of the, if we want to talk in business terminology, one of the big, hairy, audacious goals that Mark and Diane had when they first got here was to give a million dollars to missions. And at the time, that was crazy. I think you said, Mark, that the elders laughed at that. Well, the year after I left, a million dollars was given to missions, and that continues to go up. You see a harvest of righteousness with their faith, with their resources. The physical space from in which you sit and the new building comes from their leadership. This is the harvest of righteousness, the harvest of good things. The love of evangelism that Mark modeled from this stage is seen all over this church. But I think what matters most when you think of the harvest that that has come from Mark and Diane's leadership is good space and resources and money and all of those things and yes and amen. But here's the reality is that the biggest impact that they have had is on you and me and the people. So I would not be the person I am today. I would not be the father I am today. I would not be the leader I am or the pastor I am, or the father I am, or the husband I am, without Mark and Diane. I wouldn't be. As has been referenced, this has been a sending place of people to other local churches that needed it and need it. And I'm an example of that. This church has been a sending church for other ministries that desperately needed love, care, and leadership. Think about my friend John Morrison or Alex and Lindsay Pearl that we saw on the stage. So many people on the CA staff and now most importantly for CA, Sam and Jorley. That these are your leaders that will come and take this baton with integrity, with mission and purpose and is the appointed leader for this next season. And this is the outcome of godly leadership. And your life is a canvas on which Mark and Diane have had an impact in some way, shape, or form. There's been an anointing on them 
to serve you in this time, and they have done it with joy and perseverance in the middle of good and in the middle of bad. And so it is such a privilege to be able to honor you for what you've done in this community and what you've done in my life and in the lives of everybody here. So Jesus, we come in gratitude. We thank you for this couple who has carried the beautiful burden of leadership, of preaching, of being involved in the lives of people, which sometimes is great and rewarding and other times it's really messy and difficult. But we sit here very thankful that Jesus, in your wisdom, as Mark and Diane have prayed for so many people, that was, it was in your wisdom that you brought them here. They could have been anywhere else, but you brought them here for over two decades. And now the legacy of their wise, pure, mission-driven impact we all, we all, we all uh, experience. So we thank you for them. Jesus, we thank you for, for you, that you love this church. You provide for this church. And it is you, our shepherd king, that we commit ourselves to and this church to as we move forward. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.